Hello Ooh. and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. You it's the Doctor recording. Death Ooh. Danger Radio Show. Good oh, thing we got that. Okay, Rick. Uh, oh my God! There's a season six. Oh yeah, it's debuting in September. I thought the show would be done by now. After season five, I thought no, okay. they're going forever. They're gonna go to like ten seasons and like do two movies. I bet. Damn, dude, it's like the old community joke: six seasons in a movie. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Triple D Radio Show with their host and boys, James and Edward. Edward, what's good? What's on the show tonight? Hey everybody, I'm Edward. Okay, so um, we've of course got the uh, hot or not, but honestly, minus yes, that, I have a hot or not. Okay, good, but honestly, minus that, I can sum up today's show in uh, three words. Welcome to Kiss Mania, or Kiss really sucks. <laughs> it's one of the two. Now listen, um, Next. actually, I got nothing to add. You're right. Yeah, there's nothing to add, but hey, there's timestamps in the description if you ever just want to jump forward to any part of the show. Is there anything you want to say before we start off? Any good tales to talk about? Any good rants? Any uh, good questions? Uh, Not really. Damn. You want to just get into it? Fuck damn. All right, let me get, let me pull up hot or not. Yeah. All right, different bone steel. As I press record, what do you have for us this week? All right, so I'm hella busy and tired moving right now, so That's you guys are just gonna have to figure out if this one's hot or not. That's all I gotta say about that. Bada boom. Wow, a very brisk episode of the show today. Yeah, uh, this is a guy that has to pack all his bullshit. He was also commissioned to make, like, what was it, three or five videos within the span of two days. So he got very little sleep, and he had to, he finished them yesterday. And working uh, good long hour days. Which is also when he had to pack. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's been up for, like, 30 hours. Because uh, he did not plan for this. Yeah. He did not uh, have foresight to prep prior to actually doing this. It's one of those times where bad stuff happens to Jake, but it's like, you know what? I mean, it's still a little funny, but it's like, you know what? It's not your fault, Jake. Oh, uh, there's a little bit of his fault. Uh, I'm wow. sure there were... He has known that he would be moving in a minute. That's true. So I'm sure he would have been preparing. Hey, man, he's got to be on that grind set. Andrew Tate, bro. Breakfast <laughs> is the worst thing to happen to humanity. Sorry, bro. I'm a squizzy man over Tate, man. <laughs> you, <I> uh, <laughs> it's like, what was that thing Andrew Tate said? He's like... He's for the record, we don't like him. We're just oh no, memey. I hate Andrew Tate. Yeah, no, we're just memey. But I, he said something like, "Breakfast is the worst thing to happen to humanity because you're gonna wake up and immediately stuff your face. There, you didn't, you didn't work for it. You didn't grind. You didn't conquer for it, or something like that. Con- conquest. You didn't conquest for it. You didn't conquest for it. <laughs> then I get squizzy going. Oh, I used to make French fries, and I used to make French fries with Metallica. <laughs> And I used to, you know, get down with uh, bad bitches in my uh, Honda Accord. I remember one time I was I was catering for Disturbed. And then David Draymond comes up to me and he's like, hey, man. I don't know. I couldn't think of it. But hey, he, he did post a hey, picture hey, of him hey, with Disturbed once. Hey, uh, what's your uh, french fry recipe? And I'm like, 
You the think the fuck I'm telling you? It's like, you think the fuck I'm telling you? Nah. <laughs> Squizzy's great. I'm saying Squizzy over Andrew Tate. Well, man. yeah, of course. Because Squizzy, I'm pretty sure, is part gimmick. Yes. And I've seen some people be like, oh, Andrew Tate's just a troll. Yeah. There's no way he's a troll. That man has to be serious. He's like serious, and, but he also has like charged people up the woo-ha. Mm-hmm. And he says very fucked up shit that uh, a lot of young, uh, very impressionable, young, very impressionable boy dudes, males are mm-hmm. taking his advice to heart and it's causing a little bit of violent misogyny. Yeah. Which I do not support. Being fun and silly like uh, Squizzy is uh, definitely. Uh, oh, yeah. That's way funner. So what's the song? So all right, so the song is by this band called Sub Radio, and this is called 1990 something. Oh boy, sounds like something Jake would like. Mm, it sounds like. <laughs> Do you not like nostalgia? I don't know. Wait, what the fuck? Wait, what are you looking at? No, I'm trying to play it. What is this? One Direction? What the fuck is this? Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's definitely some pretty boy pop music. Well, whoever the fuck's sub radio. This is the kind of stuff that whenever my mom roasts hot or not, she always says, Jake always picks all this teeny bopper shit. And I'm like, it's not, this is pretty teeny bopper. <laughs> You're not fucking wrong. This is like hella teeny bopper. While like the this static- is some bubblegum pop. This is, while the static's trying to come off as like total like, Bro, they're trying to be so 90s that they're trying to be saved by the Bell 90s. Or at least this is what the cover. <laughs> oh my god, I accidentally fucking... Sure, right there. Listen to those hand claps. Yeah, I accidentally like skip forward. Oh That's well. pop music 101, guys. Oh, yeah. if, if you- Here, you can just come closer and look at this. I'm telling you, dude, they're trying to That's come That's disgusting. Off- dude, they're trying to come off looking like that Saved by the Bell. does look like Saved by the Bell. Zach Morris is trash. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched that fucking uh, series. No, but I, I know what you're referencing. Uh, let me read you about sub radio. I almost said sub pop. <laughs> so few. I'd rather be listening to something from sub pop. Whatever. So few independent bands have had a career as varied and unpredictable as indie pop sextet. Sub Radio. Yeah, because this sounds unpredictable. Yeah. Founded in Washington, D.C. by a group of childhood friends, the band built a following in their hometown of Washington, D.C. on the strength on the strength of their ecstatic live shows and a stream of releases. The band's first release, 2016 Same Train, Different Station, was recorded as the guys finished college. Blending the pop punk they grew up on with the indie pop stylings of Walk the Moon. In the 1975. I see. In 2017, Sub Radio released a single per month from April to September, conceding with a regional tour and appearance at the Firefly Music Festival. There are two. I- I'm trying to figure out the word, it's right here. Whatever. There are two ranges sets at the festival, exposed them to a wider audience, and the band's next EP, Head First, was their best performing release yet. Including the popular the popular beachy sick single flashback, which has amassed more than three million streams across all platforms. Following the release of their 2020 EP Thoughts, Lights, Colors, Sounds, sorry, produced by Andrew Murray, who have produced Sean Mendez, Lizzo, and Coin, 
The band embarked on a pandemic-induced virtual tour, live-streaming their energetic performances to more than 20 million viewers and building a worldwide community of fans. The band signed with indie label Third Brain in early 2022 and announced a string of U.S. tour dates in support of their forthcoming new music. So what would you think of that while also listening to me describe the band? Um, you seem like in a lot of thought. <laughs> well, I was trying to hear the song. <laughs> um, eh, didn't really grab me. Yeah, no, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't like this 90s sad boy nostalgia bullshit. Fuck you guys. I just thought the music was kind of... I just thought the music wait, was Wait, wait, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm, I'm just realizing. What? When the fuck did they get out of college? Um, A while ago. Okay, they... Okay, maybe they lived through the 90s. Hmm. Well, shitting in diapers or some shit. <laughs> I'm like, bro, dude, I could tell you jack shit from my life a, in the 90s. They're probably about... Jake's age. The earliest I could think, and honestly, count as millennia, honestly, past millennia, 90s reference is using dial up internet. I can remember some various things throughout, like 98 bits and pieces, but from, but 99 as well. Yeah. Like, if you were like, obviously, if you're like influenced by nothing but the backwash from the 90s that was like still bleeding front, bleeding over into the early 2000s, sure. But it's like, is that actually being in the 90s? Well, I remember. 1999, my life changed forever because I got the most 90s thing that I could be given. Uh-huh. I got a PlayStation for Christmas. And then my brother Javier came up to me one day and he's like, hey, have you heard about this game called Metal Gear Solid? I'm like, oh, whoa. So, uh-huh. so I mean, Metal Gear was pretty big in the 90s. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I can't really say I lived through the 90s. I mean, I was literally born the year that Kurt Cobain died. So, like, is that really living through? If you weren't there for Nirvana or be able to remember Nirvana, was it really living the 90s? I don't know. But then that's just us roasting their choice of subject for song. Let's talk about the band. So. I just thought they were kind of, I mean, I, I don't want to, I guess, pop music is, I mean, everything gets generic, but it was just a little too generic. I just didn't really hear anything. No, I don't think. I didn't was- hear anything unpredictable. I didn't hear, yeah, I didn't hear anything unpredictable. Uh, like, when it started, I made the joke, this sounds like One Direction, bro. It kind of fucking sounded like One Direction. Yep, and whatever, fuck it. It's the thing. If you ask me, it was very aggressively teeny boppy. Yeah. It's like almost too teeny I boppy. I told you, that's the stuff, that's what my mom thinks hot or not is. She thinks everything uh, Jake sends is teeny bop. I'm like, and I'm like, that's not true. It's only a few things. This was pretty teeny bop. I'm just saying, like, no, is it bad? No. Subjectively, is it bad? No. No. But am I going to give it a hot? No. no. I'm not going to give it a hot either. All right. Maybe next time, though, you don't have to read the entire bio. I thought the bio was good to fill in space. Unless you got, unless you had hilarious Well, no, comments. it's just you lasted, it lasted longer than the song. Well, fuck them and their fucking <laughs> giant bio of bullshit. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? They did themselves good. Except right back. Clearly they have a career worth, uh, worth considering successful. I don't know. Let's check out this song flashback. Maybe. Was this their big one? Yeah, this is the one that's three million streams. Okay. All right. Hit Here's the, the button. I'm saying 1990-something could also be something that's uh, popping off on TikTok. Just well, have saying. you noticed songs like that are really popular right now? I mean, there's a reason why guys like Andy Negative and Bone Steel are trying to make these nostalgia songs. I think it's because that's kind of what, one of the in things right now. Yeah, nostalgia for a bunch of Zoomers that didn't even fucking actually live through the bullshit. Yeah, it's nostalgia written. It's nostalgia songs written by millennials written for Zoomers. Yeah, ain't that ironic? <laughs> Wait, let me press record. Sorry. 
All right, listeners, let's actually check out Flashback. I don't think we're done diving into sub radio. Let's check it out. We'll see if this is the song that blew them up, brought them to a wider audience. Now, obviously, them being smart and using the like, there's a couple bands that did the fucking, um, you know, virtual concert thing. Yeah. Got did, did, did pretty well from that. So. Yeah. yeah. Bro, is this One Direction? This is pretty uh, indie pop inspired. I sure this isn't One Direction. Bro, I'm telling you, it reminded me of One Direction. Bro, is this just One Direction in disguise? See, is this One Direction when they realize that they're never getting Harry Styles back? That sounds depressing. Harry Styles has done well for himself. Well, yeah, that's Harry Styles. All right, we'll just go. Dude, I bet your mom's cringing at this. That you, you kind of frowned right there. That made you thought. That made you think. What's going on here? Okay, I will say this. This song has a lot more going on than the last one. This one actually feels like, oh, you know what? I actually feel like these guys listen to a lot of other bands. The other ones sound like, okay, we're trying to write a single. This is like, there's there's a lot. There's a couple. There's more things going. On. So this song already is more interesting to listen to. By the way. Um, guys, pop song writing 101. If you want to make sure your song gets played on the radio and is a big hit live, make sure to have well, hand claps in well, the background. Okay, when the fuck does radio actually matter? I'm sure it does to some degree. I don't know how much. I can't guess, but it has to. Okay, I think it's we're, not dead yet. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm done listening to fucking that. <laughs> I thought it was better than the last song. Oh yeah, it's definitely better. I, well, that's like their biggest song, so. Come on, girl, you want to go to our show, buy the t-shirt, and tell us that we're beautiful. That's what that song reminded me of. Mm. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. What do you say to that? Uh, I mean, it's still not a hot, but it's hotter than the last one. Uh, yeah, it's hotter than the last one, I guess. I like, guess. Hey, we learned a new project called Sub Radio. Yeah. Maybe once they're on the next big thing on TL- TRL. You know, I thought something. Maybe this is a positive benefit. Maybe some of these hot or nots, maybe some of our listeners, if we if we find one that we think is not hot, maybe it'll be like, these guys are full of shit, and then they go out and listen to them, and then suddenly we found someone, their new favorite band. Maybe someone listening to us would really like that band. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Speaking of hot, we should probably get into our our car all right so what do we listen to this week we listen to the classic uh kiss alive released in 1977 i believe okay so we've been having this thing where obviously we supposedly listen to two of the worst kiss records yes yes these are the worst but have they actually showed us any good shining light that kiss is a good band so we decided to listen to the record that made kiss into what prospectively is a good band. So I can tell you all this right now. This is better than Lick It Up and this is better than Dynasty. But does it prove that Kiss is Well, it this must great fucking Let me say, is Kiss a great band? See, here's the thing. I I feel like you have to even if you don't like them, you have to say yes. If we're looking at look at their sales, look at their following, their dedicated fans. I mean, to me, that is the sign of success. Yeah. So if you're going off metrics, yes. But that's the thing. They're a successful band. But are they a good, great band? Good to great band? 
Well, I mean, personally, no. I do think they have some good songs. Uh, I think if we were around, we might have liked them better. Well, so I'm a, I'm more complaining about what the fuck was going on in 1975, where uh, this actually, you know, oh, made can, a band like this. Oh, made I, a band oh, like this happen. Oh, I can answer that. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, what was popular at the time was a lot of um, a lot of ballads, and uh, was also the growing rise of prog rock. So and of course punk rock. That's the thing. Well, no, punk rock's a little later. Punk rock's a little later. Give it a co- give it a couple more years. Yeah, but it was starting to show its roots around the mid seventies. Well, yeah, there's gonna be roots and rowdy rock and roll. So obviously, if here's the thing, if so, really, Kiss was just right place, right time because they were they came before punk and they came when there was a lot of quote unquote soft stuff on the radio. Because I mean, seventies is when stuff like uh, Sweet was, Caroline. was There was popular. also a lot of self indulgent stuff too. People yeah. didn't care for. So maybe in a sense, Kiss kind of helped like break through that. And I would be remiss if I, as a fair man, if I didn't talk about how legendary the album is. I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously we don't care. I mean, you more than me, we don't care for metal much anymore. I'm going to crack open a cold one. There is. Oh, no. Oh, shit. No, keep going. Um, There's a lot of metal bands and metal musicians that I like and that you like where this is one of their influences. I mean, obvious ones like like um, like Scott Ian's talked about how dope the album is. The Metallica guys have talked about how awesome it is. And uh, and those are just obvious ones. Kiss was a very influential band. I mean, it's and this record because at the time there wasn't really a band that sounded like kiss like sure there was hard rock and sure there was some grudging shock rock stuff you know like bowie was around alice cooper was around but like kiss was like like they were like even though they had like all the flashy costumes and shit they really embodied and embody that dirty sleazy like sex drugs and rock and roll aspect like yeah they have the makeup but they're like dirty sleazy rockers you can hear it in the songwriting and that and then they had the showmanship and stuff so i do i think they're a product of their time in the sense of no one around was like them. They came out of nowhere, caused a big impact. And then this live record comes out. So it was probably a thing of like, like you coming up to me and like, dude, you got to hear this live record. This is like some raw, dirty rock shit. And I'm like, who kiss? These guys look ridiculous. And then maybe we would have put it on and been like, bro, this is awesome. Let's join the kiss army. (laughs) So I recognize the album is legendary, but that's pretty much that's where most of the positives end. Let's yeah, what's actually actually listen to it? Yeah, let's, let's actually listen to it because this is considered a classic by many people. Yeah, obviously it's gonna take a minute, so I'm just gonna skip forward. So the first song on the record is Deuce. Deuce. Or should I play that intro? Hold it, hold it. Yeah, play the intro because that's iconic. You wanted the best, you got the best. Ah, what's actually here? I can tell you looking at the cover, Kiss is a bunch of skinny geeks, bro. <laughs> this, like, this is before uh, this is before Simmons put on some pounds. Yeah, I'm used to Simmons with some pounds. You ever see like have you have you have you seen Simmons in the Lick It Up video? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's like what I think of when I think of Gene Simmons. He was actually kind of a scrawny fella. So I don't know about you, but in my opinion, while not amazing, I think their music is sounds way better live. I think their studio recordings are kind of boring. Well, but we don't know how this song sounds in the studio. I just wrote here, this is fun bar rock at its finest. And honestly, I think this is an all, considering that I haven't listened to most of these songs on this record, uh, I think this was a good opener. I had no complaints. Yeah. So I gave it a six. So for me, I wrote down, okay, this was okay. 
coming off from what we have listened to, this is not the worst. So, you know what? A light 6 out of 10. Bro, for comparing- This ain't half bad. Hey, Peter Chris is playing a little fast right here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, dude, this is some heavy metal shit. Yeah, dude. What is this, Metallica? They're speeding up their songs. Okay, we only get, a, we only get too spicy there. <laughs> all, right, all right. Hey, there's a reason why Metallica- Well, hard to say, like- Kiss still headlines giant fucking festivals for whatever got reason. Metallica probably would too, but they're too damn expensive. Yeah. Either way. So, song next song. Stratter! This song reminds me of Grand Funk Railroad. So, I've actually heard this one before. That intro reminded me of uh, We're an American Band. So? Um, shit, man. So, not much to say. Because uh, what you're hearing right now is pretty much the whole song, but it's harmless and it has a good solo near the end. I actually thought this was good enough for another six. So for me, Strutter, it's Strut like Strutter. It's a total six out of ten. Wasn't this on a Guitar Hero? Maybe I don't know. For I could definitely say this is one of Kiss's better songs. Yeah, this is one of the songs I could actually like from Kiss. But other than that, it's just kind of it's it's a total six out of ten. Yeah. What's a good six out of ten? Yeah. Is it a high six out of ten and a seven? I don't think so. I don't think so. But like you remember, for me, I remember the song. Like as I said, there's a good vocal hook here. Oh, you let it play. Strata. Like I remember that bullshit. That's yeah. a, not even a shitty riff right there. No, no, it's not. It's good. Like Strutter is a good song. Now the next one. That's where the Kiss purists would probably be like, oh, Ace Freely must have wrote that one. Mm. This song's called Got to Choose. It got to Choose. So this song started, um, and when, um, <coughs> and um, I thought this kind of, uh, we're only at song three, I thought this kind of sounded like filler. The main music part here kind of reminds me of No More Mr. Nice Guy for some reason. Uh, I, yeah. Are you saying Kiss likes to knock off bands that are popular at the time? No, not at all. No, man, not at all. But yeah, this song to me sounded like filler, but the problem is this is song 3 out of 16, so I gave it a 5. Hey, it's a live record, though. True. As I said, sometimes they like set up the good stuff for the end. So, you for me, it? for song 3, I wrote down, yeah. This song's not happening with me. It's <laughs> it's kind of boring. Yeah. I'll give it a 5 out of 10. It's like maybe not the worst. Could be a bit lower rating, but as I said, it's not happening for me. Yeah. So, let's go to Hotter Than Hell. Um. So, what do you think? With a song titled Hotter Than Hell. Come on. Yeah, come on, James. Uh, yeah, come on. This song's go hotter than hell. Kind of boring. Oh fuck! For a title for a song called Hotter, hotter than, than hell. hell. Yeah, right. Like you hear a song like you title like that, you're just like, oh, this shit, shit probably goes fucking ham, dude. No, it goes like this. Kind of boring. Oh fuck, really? What do you think? I wrote down hotter than hell is not hot. <laughs> it's actually pretty cold. Five out of ten. Nope. A light five out of ten. I gave it a five too. I don't know if it's a light, but it's a five. It's something. It's nothing. Okay. 
I think that deserves its uh, light. No, five. but see, this is rock and roll. Cause well, here's the next one called Firehouse. Cause remember, James, at the time in the '70s, we were living in like Christian oppressed America. So this was going against the establishment. Ooh. I guarantee you, that's why guys Ooh. like I guarantee you, that's why guys like Scott Ian and them oh. like this record because their parents hated it. Oh. Remember, Christians were scared of these guys. They were trying to say, oh, KISS stands for Knights in Satan's Service. Wow, America was doing too good for themselves. Basically, and KISS is the biggest threat to your American I, lifestyle. I can sound up right here. You know why KISS got popular back then with all the metal guys we listened to? They were edgy. This was edgy back then. Well, I can tell you what this is. It's yeah. boring and ass. Four out of ten. Oh, you oh you broke already? Okay, I, I oh. actually thought this song had a little more life than the last few songs. What? More life than Higher Than Hell? Yes, this is a better song than Hotter Than Hell. And look, what? as a fair man, is it, well, is it because Firehouse is coming in to cool off that fire that was hotter than hell? Look, I'm just saying, someone back then probably had their socks knocked off by this, okay? Yeah, I guess there wasn't a, there wasn't much to really impress anyone. I gave it a five. Okay. I hadn't break it. I hadn't broken yet. All right. So, what's the song six? Nothing to lose. Yeah, nothing to lose. Let's think about this record. This was like also like a bunch of like you know recordings from various shows. Yeah, yeah. Throughout seventy five and I think seventy six too. Yeah. So yeah, I wrote here finally a song that sounds different. This song actually kind of had me bopping along. You can almost call this one a highlight. And I'll say this too. I've seen live, I've seen Kiss live before. This is honestly pretty much what they sound like even now. Like, yeah, their voices are older, but credit to them. They have their sound down meticulously. I honestly thought this was good enough to bring it back to a six. I had not turned heel yet. Oh, yeah. For me, I wrote down, okay, we're getting better here. Actually getting better here. Yeah. Like, it's a six out of ten. But, like, this was good. Yes, like, I thought so too. It's actually worth enjoying. Nothing to lose. Yeah, baby, let's get some rock and roll. And I'm not gonna lie, I've always liked Paul Stanley's cheese. Oh, dude, Paul Stanley is one of the, the best cheese. cheesy vocalists. Oh yeah. I have a funny Paul Stanley story. I saw footage of him getting mad. Some people were moshing at a Kiss show. <laughs> oh God! And already. He's, and he stopped the sh the music, and he's like. He's and he's like, um, hey, hey, there's no moshy here, all right. If you want a mosh, go find a shitty death metal band. And then he goes, grown men moshing. Imagine that. <laughs> grown men moshing. Oh. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. He already introduced the song for me. See, you almost. That's why. That's, that's why he's my favorite. Is because yeah, it's yeah. He his cheese is fun. It's literally everyone except Gene is actually cool in the band. Gene has such an ego though that it's almost funny. Like there's a he he did a makeup tutorial for Cosmopolitan where he's applying his kiss makeup to his daughter, and then when she starts to apply it himself, he's like, "Oh, well, look at that! You've taken to it pretty naturally." Of course, she is my daughter after all, so just stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? He's kind of funny. He's charming in his own douchebag way. Yeah, I'm like, what a fucking gimmick. But he is a gimmick, yeah. Oh, oh yes. shit, I just realized. Well, I meant 6 out of 10. I was singing of this song. Like, oh. we're getting better. Like, last one, it wasn't ass. I gave it a f high 5 out of okay. 10. Like, so this, this I enjoyed more. This, this is a 6 out of 10. Sorry, I got lost. This song, I, I, I wanted to point out the opening lyrics. Um, oh, man. The opening lyrics were, she's a dancer, a romancer. She's a Capricorn and I'm a Cancer. 
I'm like, cool, dude. Um, what a poet. So I gave this one a low six, but it's here I asked the question. James, why do so many musicians we like love this record? Oh, you're questioning that? I've questioned it for years, bro, but I now that I've actually listened to the record. Bro, I questioned it when we were at Hotter Than Hell. I'm like, bro. I'm like, bro. Hotter Than Hell. All right, yeah. What'd you give this one? Oh, oh you gave it a six. Yeah, I gave this a six out of ten to reiterate. But either way, next one. Parasite. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I heard this riff, and I'm like, oh, this sounds like a song James isn't going to like. Oh, I fucking hate it. I actually thought this one was pretty good. Oh, yeah? I found myself headbanging to it. Listen. Like, yeah. Bro, other than Kiss actually being a parasite, (laughs) this is like a bad attempt to sound like a Zeppelin. Oh, dude, this is such a Zeppelin rip. It's a bad Zeppelin rip. It's so Zeppelin. Hey, with Peter Chris playing some breakbeats in rock music, it's a bad Zeppelin attempt. And I'm, uh, you know... uh, Looking at uh, Kiss, I'm like, <laughs> did you know they were wow. inspired by Led Zeppelin? Oh, were they? I honestly, that is actually a good question. They sprinkle. I, well, yes, they were actually. It this makes you actually really re- is a Zeppelin. It rip. makes you really consider how good Zeppelin was. Yeah. Like here's the thing. Like we don't care for Zeppelin, but Zeppelin had awesome, the great songs. They Even did. times good rares. Kiss has fucking sucked this whole entire time. You're going to hate me. I actually gave this one a six. I like this. I gave it a five out of ten. I think we're I thought you were going to give it a four. Nah, we're in the middle ground. I gave it some credibility, but yeah. Oh you know my. what this reminds me of? It reminds me of like a crappier uh, immigrant song, kind of. It's a terrible <laughs> immigrant ripoff song. <laughs> Go listen to the immigrant song. Yeah, right. I think you said you hated that, right? No, I li- no, I liked immigrant you song. Hate cashmere, that's right. Yeah, cashmere is the one. Dun dun dun, dun dun dun. Yeah, I'll take cashmere over parasite any day. Uh, like, dude, I'll fucking give like, I'll give cashmere a hundred dollars over parasite. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that fuck. Uh, but Gene, so you know Led Zeppelin has um uh. Ripped off many uh, artists. Oh yeah, but Kiss hasn't. <laughs> so this one's called She. So this riff played, and I know you didn't like the last riff, but this riff, this pseudo blue shit. Oh, bro, I wanted to commit crimes. <laughs> it was like, this I- riff combined with the fact that this song is almost seven seven minutes. I was like, fuck you. This almost made me want to give it a fuck you for. Although I guess a shredding near the end was cool. I. I almost want to give it that four, but uh, no, it's. I gave it a five. Give it a five, but man, this didn't sound good to me. Let me tell you about this. I wrote this down blue oyster cult ripoff. Ezra Umbra, Kiss sucks at slow songs, <laughs> and this one is pretty abysmal, dude. I'm, I know. I you- gave it a fuck you for. Oh, you gave it a fuck you for. Okay. See, I know you haven't listened to much Blue Oyster Cult, but I've gone through their whole disc. Please and, tell uh, me Blue Oyster this, Cult's better than dude, this. Dude, you know what? Straight up, Blue Oyster Cult kicks ass. They only had one album I didn't really like. But Blue Oyster Cult kicks ass. You'd like them. This sounds oh, a lot dude, like Blue Oyster me, Cult. Dude, give me Blue Oyster Cult over a fucking kiss. We should go through them one day. But or, yeah. Or maybe listen to a Blue Oyster Cult record. But yeah, I, I gave it a five. Maybe I should have given it that four. <sighs> it's okay. This is why we talk and discuss these things. All right. This one's called Watching You. I wonder if he means that sexually. All right, tell me about this. Okay, I'm going to read you my notes verbatim. Filler, 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 five. 
I wrote down, bro, seriously, 10 songs in, and I'm not blown away. Four out of 10, this was boring and it dragged. What the fuck is this record? You legendary James. Seriously, what the fuck was happening in 1975 to allow this to be legendary? I told you, soft this rock radio in Prague. I told you, soft rock radio in Prague, Brock. Dude, I'll take ACDC over this any day. Oh, ACDC, you know, yeah, ACDC is a better band than Kiss. Oh. They've oh. been writing the same song for 50 years, but you know what? It's a damn good song. Oh, no. ACDC is so much fucking better than Kiss. And this is Kiss's, like, great fucking record that made them legendary. This is what made them household names. And you know what the fucked up part is? Kiss Alive, Kiss Alive 2, because they did, like, four Kiss Alives and, like, yeah. an unplugged one. The second one's apparently way better because it has better songs on it. This is after they did three albums. They hadn't even written Detroit Rock City yet. I know. So... But this is the legendary one. You know, I might listen to Kiss Alive too. Maybe that might be better. Wait, no, no, no. Even then, people are still saying this is great. I'm like, this is fuck you. Bu that's fucking bullshit. Scotty and James. He knows a lot about music. He married Meatloaf's daughter. Uh, All right, next song. Gave it a five. Okay, was Meatloaf actually good, or was he a one-hit wonder? Okay, I've only ever listened to Bad Out of Hell, but that's a damn fine record. And then there's also that oh that record. And then there's also the fucking what was it? So and you also had that song I would do anything. Yeah, 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 that I one. think that might have been off same album, but don't quote me. Okay, Wasn't so this like Bad Out of Hell like sold stupidly well. Oh yeah, it sold fat. I don't know how much off like, hand, it, was like it sold Gen a lot. Like, wasn't it like a Guinness World Record bullshit like seller? I think so. I thought I remember hearing that. We might. Honestly, once we're done with this, we should look that up. I'm kind of curious. Now, tell me something about 100,000 years. This song felt like it lasted 100,000 years. Well, now here's the thing. This bit right here, kind of like, it kind of started off like a Black Sabbath, but this part right here that you're hearing, this sounds... Well, on top of it, it sounds it sounds almost note for note like "School's Out." I literally was thinking that right now. But it also sounds a lot like "Sheep" by Pink Floyd, off of Animals, which came out um, which came out before this. I'm pretty sure. Wow, Kiss ripping off. No, it actually, bands. actually, no. Wait, I, I wrote here that record actually came off after this. So then I had to have the existential crisis of, oh my god, did the great Pink Floyd rip off Kiss by accident? But yeah. You know what the song? The song was fine when it started. I'm like, okay, it's total Alice Cooper where But there's the fucking drum solo. That's what I was about to say. You that know what the song for six fucking fuck seven eight minutes? I don't fucking know. I was gonna say, you know what the song didn't need though? A seven minute drum solo, and where Paul Stanley is preaching to the crowd. Like this track is twelve minutes long. Yeah. And you had Paul Stanley. Do you want to skip to where Paul Stanley's uh, talking to people? Because it's him t preaching about. If they believe in rock and roll. Well, where, what part was that? Just skip to like seven minutes or whatever. Yeah, I think I need to find it more. Did I miss that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is like where it starts. Oh. Because this drum soul shit starts at like five. Like you mean it. Cause this drum solo shit starts at like 5:54, and it goes pretty consistently and pearled pretty much 11 minutes on the dot. Oh my god! So what'd you rate this? My exact words are hatred 
four out of ten. This was a fuck you four. Oh, dude, I was like, bro, it's twelve minutes long with a goddamn drum solo. I needed a tolerance break. I had to walk off for like a good five minutes and actually come back to this. This was brutal, and I give it a fuck you four out of ten. <laughs> bro, why? Seven minute drum solo, James. Legendary. Oh. We wouldn't have heavy metal without this drum solo. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> now, Black this Diamond. This song's called Black Diamond. It's ballad time. Not really. The rock comes in later. Um, My only real thoughts on this record. I have a power ballad, actually. Yeah. My only real thoughts on this song, uh, it's better than the last one. What'd you rate it? <laughs> Gave it a five. Bro, really? Yeah. I wrote down Nawa Ballad. The only problem is Black Diamond's actually pretty high. I enjoyed this a lot. I gave it a low 7 out of 10. What? I Stockholm Syndrome, bro. I like this song, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. I did like how it started, though. I'm just saying, like, I feel like this song actually goes somewhere. Okay, maybe... Am I having Stockholm Syndrome? Actually, let, me, let me fast forward. Hey, no, you're tall to your school. That does sound better than the last song. I was just pissed off at the last like, song. Like, this actually sounds like heavy metal. Yeah. We wouldn't have Anthrax without this record, Gene. Yeah, you know, I, I can stand by it. A low 7 out of 10. Okay. Uh, Maybe it's better. Maybe I should have given it a 6. Well, it depends. So, hey, sometimes songs hit you different than it does me. True. It's okay. Uh, we can have different opinions. Now let's talk about Rock Bottom. I feel like if we agreed on everything, it would just get boring. I can tell you this. Rock Bottom was definitely not Rock Bottom, but it wasn't great either. I, I wrote, give it a 5 out of 10. I wrote here, Rock Bottom. That's sure how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. And I wrote here, if the music would fucking start, I wrote here, now it's ballad time. Well, not really. Wait, was Rock Bottom a ballad? No, it started off slow, but then they brought in the rock. Oh, yeah. It was just like a a slow... Lady luck. Wait, is this a Blue Oyster Cold intro, bro? Uh, <laughs> nah, not quite. Okay, you've actually listened to the cult. I haven't. No, no. But yeah, what'd you rate this? Well, I must have hated it because I just you wrote... Want... I wrote here... I don't know, dude. At this point, I'm just like, can this record be done? Oh, no, I want this record to be done. I gave it a four. Skip through it, though. Maybe I missed something great. Maybe it's a five or six. No, no, five. Well, what'd you give it? I gave it a five. Like, that doesn't mean it's good. It's just kind of just there. Okay. That's horrible. Maybe I should give it a fuck you for. I'm reconsidering things. We did not get. We didn't. We did not leave a good impression on that song right there. All right, this one's called Cold Gin. This record feels cold right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tell me about it. With Peter Chris ripping the drums. We wouldn't have metal without Peter Chris. I actually didn't really write anything. I just gave my score. I just said it was a four. Wow. Really. I had nothing to say. Really? I just wrote down if a Kiss song can kiss a song. Like, if Kiss was to write if us... If Kiss wrote a song that was meant to sound like Kiss... It'd be this one. Seriously! How yeah. is this record legendary? Oh, but dude, it broke down barriers. Okay. It you might... know what's funny? Kiss has the same relation... has a very similar history uh, to Poison. Both bands 
hated by critics, but sold really well, loved by their fans. This is horrible. Okay. This is the song that is the reason why this record's actually yes. something. Is it this version too that we always yeah, hear? Yeah, this is the version they play on the radio. Hey, listeners, I want you. I wonder what you song you can guess listeners, it is. Listeners, if you listen to DDD Radio without using timestamps, give yourselves a round of applause. Yes. Treat yourself to some hot chicken. Damn right. Damn right. Yeah, that's the intro. I want to rock all night and party every day. Now, I wrote here. It's this song. This normally, is the- if this song comes on the radio, I'm like, ugh, this song. But honestly, after the 14 other crap songs we've heard, this quality-wise, it feels like we went from like Pantera Tribute Band to like Halford on Painkiller of quality. You hear this song and it's like, man, Kiss sounds like sounds like they're awesome live. I've, and like I said, I've heard a live two's better, but this song single-handedly off this library put them on the map and in public conscience. I give it a seven because it is a good song. And honestly, yeah, this is what people think when they think of Kiss. This chorus, yeah. Ah. Wanna rock and roll all night And have a good time Hey, Loose Lois <laughs> But yeah this And you know what's funny? I always thought the song was kind of lame Because I heard it on the radio so much But like I said I was stoked when this song came on This one song, I was able to feel that magic I was able to feel the energy Like, oh man, I could see how back then This would like shake barriers and tear down walls and like usher in a new generation of rockers i get it scotty in but then i remember the 14 songs before this and i'm like is kiss a one-hit wonder no are they they a five-hit wonder i don't know but anyway yeah i give it a seven because it's it's songs like this where i'm like you know what i may not like kiss but i respect them so rock needed rock needed this song to exist so subjectively I will agree with you. The song is a seven, but to be honest, in my personal rating, I hate this song. You hate this song? It's a five out of ten. (laughs) This song's an instant skip when I hear it. Sure, compared to the other songs on this record, it's definitely better, but it's not a seven to me. I like fuck this song. It's so horrible. Oh, I hate it. I didn't know you hated this song. Do you think that's gonna piss somebody off? Oh, his favorite Kiss song is I Was Made For Loving You, but he doesn't like yeah. their real rock songs? Yeah, I Was Made For Loving You, Black Diamond, or Love Gun, or Detroit Rock <laughs> City, or, or Rock and Roll All Night. Fuck this song. I'm sorry. I can't. No, let me go rock and roll this one. We're on the last song on this record. Tell me how this legendary record ends. Well, I'm going to be honest. This With Ace so- ripping it right now. This sounds like Rock and Roll All Night if it had a part two. Like, I thought this was, like, an extended version or something. But, no, it's a different song. Um, I think it's a good song to end on because, you know, it's up, it's upbeat. It's, uh, it's a step up, like, uh, speed-wise. And uh, Ace is shredding. And it's like, you know what? This was good. Uh, it was good enough. I gave it a six because I'm like, you know what? It's a good song to end on. Here's the, I might agree with you with six out of ten. I didn't write anything for the song. I totally forgot to. Now... This isn't half bad. No. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. And that is Gene on vocals. Whatever. 
I can say this. All right. All right, listeners. I'm going to turn off this record. Okay, my guy. So after going through 16 songs, tell me what your overall rating is. So out of a score of 160, mm-hmm. uh, this record gets an 85. Out of 160? Yes. Bro, that's a, that's a 50%. That's a little over 50%. Now listen. Here's the thing. Why is this re- why is this record legendary? Wait, I, you ex- you you did went on a good exposition on this, but actually listening, what the fuck was going on in 1975? I, th- I think there's two kind of legendary I get it. things. I think there's legendary things that are legendary at the time, and I think there's legendary things that hold up over time, like the Beatles. Well, they hold up over time. Yes, Led Zeppelin. Not all their stuff, but some of their stuff holds up very well over yes. time. Yes. Like here's the thing, we've listened to all of Zeppelin. Yes. And I could tell you I would rather pick if a gun to my face, I would like in a heartbeat go Zeppelin over Kiss. <laughs> here's the thing. Kiss is Kiss away from Kiss and even in Kiss, they're kind of entertaining guys, you know, and I like Paul Stanley, I really do. Um I liked him enough to as a joke, I always I've named my PlayStations Paul Stanley, because you can like choose your name for them. I've done that since I was younger. You yeah. know, stuff like that. Well, but because the like, uh, initial uh, initials PS. Yeah. So we're on Paul Stanley Five, but yo, yeah, it's but, Paul, my man Paul Stanley Five, right? Cheers. But honestly, like I truly believe that Kiss is something that was legendary for its time that you needed to happen. Rock history needed what they gave and contributed, but I just don't think they hold up well. I don't think they stand the test of time as some that, of the contemporaries. That record doesn't stand the test of time. Now maybe I'm biased, and maybe I should have been there. And you're right. But I like to think I'm pretty good at appreciating things retroactively that were legendary. Okay, but here's the thing. How about Alive 2? Well, that has better songs. Here's the thing. We don't maybe not have to do a classic album review for Alive 2. I might have to. I I got to figure out if the kiss is actually good. I'll give Alive 2 one more chance. This is their last chance. Yeah. I'm not going to do a CAR for the podcast. I'll do a, I'll listen to it on oh, my own gonna time. We're going to be busy enough next episode. Yeah, I'm going to listen to it on my own time to honestly figure out just I'm gonna throw it on. I'll give it a listen. But obviously, since I'm not gonna review it, I'm gonna see how long it takes for me to quit. I might just skip a song if it's just bad, and I'll come back and tell you my overall reaction. I'll give Alive a two the one last chance. Yeah. The fucking kiss. <laughs> if not, I would then go on to go, all right. Unless you are a huge fan of Kiss, I would never tell anyone to actually listen to this band. To be honest, they contribute nothing. I feel like even listening to him, you're not even going to learn anything except merchandising and marketing, merchandising, marketing. And honestly, they did up the ante for live shows, all their pyrotechnics and and the stage stuff and then the makeup and then, the, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but you I are mean, literally, let's be, let's be honest. But here's the corpse thing. paint from black metal just ripping off kiss. Hey, you're literally saying everything except the, <laughs> the fucking music. music. Oh, no, I am. and I'm doing that on purpose. Because you know what happens? We do hear bands that are that try to like rip off Kiss musically, and you know what? They all suck. They all sound like generic bar rock bullshit. Yeah. And Kiss is kind of generic bar rock bullshit. Definitely. I would argue because some people have said this with Guar, right? A similar shock rock band where they're like, oh, bro, they're all just gimmicks and the thing. Their music doesn't isn't all that great. I would say Kiss is a lot like that too. I think the gimmicks and all and the showmanship is fine, but I don't think the music really is the best part about kiss all right listeners i'm gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back with the main event as we're gonna hey spoiler alert 
Talk about more fucking kiss. Yeah. Because fuck us, right? God damn, why do we do this? Because <laughs> it's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners. Thanks for either hanging out, listening to the whole podcast, or anyone that's just coming in right into the timestamp. Now it's time for the fucking main event. Straight up meet of the podcast. All right, my dude. How long do you think we're going to take? How long do you think this is going to take? Well, I don't know. You only said you have two pages of notes. But there's a lot to talk. So, yeah, we watched Kiss versus Gerard Butler. Wait, why did I write that? Oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> Gerard Butler. Well, yeah, no, you know why? Because remember, because it's called Kiss versus it meets the Phantom of the Park. But remember when we were in high school and Gerard Butler was in that Phantom of the Opera remake? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Well, either way. Well, first off, this movie. Oh. Uh, it's not good. Do you have a, what? Do you have background information on this movie, or you just uh, give it? Yeah, to actually, it was made during the height of Kiss's popularity, mm-hmm. um, and everyone in Kiss hates it, and they refuse to talk about it. And in fact, they ban it from all interviews. That's yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, bro. Oh yeah, they hate this movie. Oh damn. Paul Stanley's Paul Stanley's words on it were, he felt it made them look bumbling. Are you sure about that? Which was. A, a word he could have used, I guess. Hey, it's a definitely a description of some sorts. Either way, let's hop into the movie. What year was this? What, 1979? Yeah. Was this a movie special or did they actually uh, This make was on TV. Fucking television? This was a television special. A television super special? And so, okay. So oh, wait, wait. Who actually did this movie? I feel like... I feel like someone notable actually did this movie, and it was honestly regrettable. It's like, man, bro, what the fuck did you do? Well, there actually were some actors and act. Uh, there were some actors in this movie that I guess uh, were kind of interesting. Um, let yeah, me see actors here. that actually did. It something? was produced by Hanna Barbera. I knew it. I knew it was some bull. I was like, okay, I didn't want to say it, but I'm like, did Hanna Barbera actually do this movie? So the bad guy was played by Anthony Zerb. Uh, who would be the bad guy in License to Kill, a Bond movie, and he wait, would, what? He was in a Bond movie, and he would also play uh, Counselor Haman in Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. The bad guy, the bad guy in this movie, yeah. Damn, I'm actually generally shocked. And then I thought from this movie he would get no work. How the hell did he actually land okay role like some solid roles like that? And then the uh, and then the old and then like, the yeah guy, people and, didn't like the reload didn't like reloaded and fucking revelations yeah, but those were still good sized fucking movies. There's also uh, the guy that played the owner of the park, Calvin. The guy's at the actor's name's Carmine Caridi. Uh, he was in Godfather's Part Two and Three. That came before this movie, right? Uh. Part two did. Part three was made in 1990. Okay, okay. So, he did some other notable things, but uh, that's pretty much all you need to know. Uh, the only other, oh yeah. And then, do you remember uh, one of the bat, one of the like um, punk kids whose name was Chopper? Oh, my boy Chopper. That guy's name. That guy was played by someone named John Johnson. Yeah, great name. Uh, um, an easy he was name. in the Rockford Files for a while. In the what? Rockford Files. The fuck are the Rockford Files? Old seventies cop show. My mom liked. He looks like he's in a fucking seventies cop show. He was in the seventies version of Charlie's Angel for a while. Twilight Zone, the movie. Damn, this guy does like every fucking TV role. He was Snake in A Team. That means anything. 
And well, then, Eighteen was an awesome movie. I don't. know. I mean, I, I'm fucking television show. I'm sorry. I don't know who the fuck Snake was, but and well, he was a main character in Walker, Texas Ranger. Okay, I did, that's pretty much it. Hey, I've watched a couple of Walker, Texas Ranger episodes. <laughs> that's true. Did you ever watch Walker, Texas Ranger? I did for the memes. And honestly, I'd rather be talking about. <laughs> and honestly, I'd rather be talking about Texas Ranger, dude. Like, I don't know Texas Ranger. I just remember one episode. Like, I've watched episodes, but the one I actually remember was like this. Literally, the cold open episode was like Chuck Norris having a mountain bike race with his like lat with his mates down a hill. It was like for some reason very impressionable with me. It's like wow, they're opening up with them mobbing on mountain bikes. He did used to ride a bike. Oh no, the fit health fitness man Chuck Norris used to ride a bike. Yeah, and I think it left an impression on you. I think it did. Either way, what's so the, it opens up, and if hey, if you loved the song "Rock and Roll All Night," that's well, what opens this movie. Yeah, that's what you're gonna fucking hear. Well, you, well, I'm like, I'm like, fuck, dude. We just listened to that song. Yeah, I know. But either way, we start. We open up the cold open for this movie is a music video. That and also we just see a camera attached to a roller coaster doing its thing. I noticed Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely are mentioned first. Okay, so that's interesting. That's and uh, they're just playing, and and the, yeah, they're just playing. We see them. What's clearly a ridiculous green screen around the amusement park. At one point, Gene Simmons is bigger than a roller coaster. I'm like, okay. Well, now was this opening scroll? Peter, cr- Chris is drumming on nothing. Yes, he's just well, doing this. Here's the thing: like, there is it for 1979. This isn't bad green screen work. Especially since it's like, for TV. Like, yeah, for TV. I'm like, okay, this isn't half bad. I feel like this would be a fun edit in modern day. It would be more of an art direction use in modern day. Is it good green screen work? No. Yeah, but I is thought it a good? Sucked. But is it a good art direction? Uh, yeah, I know. It kind of sucked, but there's part of me that also liked it because it kind of fucking sucked. Now. They walk across a fountain at the end. Yeah, I know. Here's the thing. What I got is that we see the roller coaster ride. We then see the KISS logo. Yeah. And then uh, the title of the movie, not, what was the actual title of the movie? It was KISS meets the Phantom of the Park. Well, you know what comes up in the actual movie? What? Attack of the Phantoms. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh my God, that's right. Because I've heard uh, Chris Jericho and uh, Kevin Smith review this movie before. Chris Jericho and Kevin Smith. Yes. Actually, they didn't review it. They just did a watch along. So you gotta hang out and watch the movie with them. That actually sounds entertaining. Yes. So then we cut to a day at the park. By the way, it's Six Flags. This was filmed at a Six Flags. And there's a dude speaking over the loudspeaker. Kiss tonight for three great nights. I'm like, three nights at Kiss? Yep. So then the owner... I know, what pure suffering. So then the owner of the park is talking to a man named Sneed. Yeah, Sneed. He's like head of security. He's basically telling them how Kiss and the Kiss Army are going to save the park. Yeah, because I guess this park isn't doing well. It's Star- Six Flags. Okay, granted, they don't call it Six Flags. It's just some amusement park. Yeah, but, but we see Magic Mountain. I'm like, okay, this has to be Six Flags. See, that's another way Kiss was ahead of the time in Cutting Edge. They invented the whole, bro, we've got to save the Rec Hall Center. They did it before the 90s did it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we got to save the music park, amusement park, guys. No, 80s. I meant 80s. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I Kiss guess. Kiss is going to save the park, James. Yeah. Kiss is coming in to save the park, or at least get some money for the goddamn park, because I guess the park isn't doing well. I don't know what the economics for theme parks are. Obviously, it's not going to be fucking Disneyland where they're going to gouge you for cash. Yeah. Well, yeah, motherfucker, you're going to pay. Uh, Basically, if you're not a Disney park, you actually have to work. Yes. <laughs> fucking. 
Yeah, like you can't just go up to like in Disneyland, you gotta roll up. It's like, oh, you want a Dole Whip? Oh, that's gonna cost you eight dollars. And bitch, we know you're gonna. Spend <laughs> we know that. you want a Dole Whip. I know. We know you're gonna spend that eight dollars too. We pumped the fucking scent like five feet away from the stand, dude. They had a fucking gnarly Dole Whips last time I was at Disneyland. Oh, I yeah. got the fucking like mango chili, like chili fucking right. spice, like that crazy. That didn't look good to me. Was it good? It's okay. It was a little much though. If you ask me, I just like a normal Dole Whip. It was extra. I'm just saying, it was a little too much extra. Some people in this world like extra bullshit like that. I can tell you in that situation, if you ask me my preferred thing, it's like, honestly, just a normal Dole Whip, maybe a little bit of a little chili spice. Perfectly fine. Not this like little excess, but you know what? I wanted it to be spicy and try <laughs> the spicy sweet sweet treat. Spicy now, sweet Let's treat. talk about a fucking theme park that sucks and they need Kiss to save it instead of like, you know, gouging everyone for the fucking Dole Whips then and we, Turkey Yeah, lakes. I was going to say. Then we Bro, just... aren't like the Turkey Lakes 13 fucking dollars? I'm sorry. I thought they were like 15. Oh my God. It might be 13, but I swear I thought they were 15. Okay. When was the last time you were at the, the Lord of the D of the land? Uh, about two years ago. Okay. Wish. I totally forgot about something. Either way, let's get back to this movie. So, yeah, then we see some unofficial advertisement for Six Flags. Uh, we see a sweet roller coaster and a marching band going around for a while. Then we see this couple. These are technically our heroes. Uh, they're talking about how he... Hey, I want to crack a joke. Okay. I totally forgot to mention. Actually, no, wait, I keep going. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like uh, the little joke's inappropriate. I was just looking at my notes. They're talking about uh, he the so boyfriend here who I think his name is Sam. He's talking about how he needs to go investigate something. Um, okay, never mind. You did skip ahead of me. Here's the thing: we saw a quick shot of a one ride. It malfunctions for a minute, and yeah. like the fucking dork that's being paid minimum wage is sitting there, <laughs> fucking pressing the buttons to have it stop. And then I was just like sitting there because obviously we see kids in the Kiss Army makeup and everything. And I just wrote down, bro. Sergeant Pepper sucked. Like, yes, that movie sucked. <laughs> yeah. But that had a lot more going in the first five minutes than this movie. It had a budget. Yes. <laughs> Which didn't even seem like it had a budget. No, not really. But yeah, no, now bro, they gave Steve Martin Emperor powers. Yeah, now tell us about Sam and Melissa, who I really did not get their names to like three fourths like into the movie. When the movie's almost over. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like, hey, I've got to go look at something or whatever. And I just need to say the acting uh, in this movie, this might surprise some of you. The acting in this movie is horrible. Um, and like, Sam's not the worst actor. No. We come across, uh, right after this scene, we come across... Um, uh, you see these punks. Yeah, we see these punks. There's, there, there's these like, like kids making a tower. Yeah, like, a, you know, like the human pyramid. Yeah. Yeah, you never done that as a kid? No. They would never let me do it unless I was on the bottom because I was too fat. Yeah. So, yeah, that means... Yeah, you weren't there. I don't need to. I don't need to be there to know. I could just look at you, and just see. My mom listens to the show. You dick. Oh, well, is your mom gonna roll up and stab me? No, actually, she might laugh. <laughs> and then my dad. Ah! And then my and my dad will be like, my dad will be like, Deanne, what the fuck? Uh, so anyway, shit. I was gonna say I took I took a, I sent this to our homies. Uh, I have audio proof of how horrible this acting is. Uh, let me pull it up for you. Yeah. Tell me about it. They come tumbling down. What's your beef? You a cop? Oh, I'll tell you who he is. 
Yeah. That's like that for the whole movie. Yep. And Kiss isn't much better. Whatever. The, either way, the park manager comes up. I don't know if he actually got his name. No, yeah. Uh, the, the park manager's name's like Calvin or something. Whatever. The park manager comes up. He tells the No, punks, his name's Calvin. You asked. It's Calvin. Calvin, the park <laughs> manager, tells these got punks, which we later learn the main guy's name is Chopper. Chopper. To buzz off. Yeah. He's like, go away, you guys. And yeah, so they confront the kids. And then uh, uh, the dude who was trying to talk to them with the like posh accent. The we posh find out accent. this guy's this guy's name is like, check out this name, Abner Devereaux. Like the guy sounds like he should be a bad guy in Dallas. Dude, I could not get his fucking name. I just had him as the doctor. But maybe I'll remember to call him Abner Devereaux. And then the owner is Devereaux. What have you done? And then and then and then yes, he talked like in a voice like this. So Abner hates Kiss and the fact that they're coming to the park. It's like, why are they coming to the park? Why and, is this necessary? And I'm paraphrasing, but Calvin's basically like, bro, they're gonna save the park with their rock and roll, bro. Uh, we're bad with our finances, and the park's kind of in the red. And what are you talking about? Also, can I get more financing for my inventions for the park? Yeah, that's what he wants, but Calvin sunk a lot of his cash in the bringing in Kiss. I'm like, oh, dude, my guy, I had to bring... Like, what is this, WCW? Dude, I had to bring in... Yeah, I had to bring in Kiss to, like, you know, try to save the park or at least get some revenue for the park. So we cut to Sam, who was with... Who um, sneaks into, like, I don't know, this, like... He goes into backstage. a lab. Yeah, he sneaks into a lab. He's in a laboratory. Yes, there's a laboratory into the park. Yeah. He, Why? I don't know. Maybe that's the maintenance center for the animatronics. He's walking around the lab, and he's, like, rubbing the walls very sensually. And he finds a, a levit and he finds like one of those secret levitating sci-fi doors. You know the ones you walk to and they automatically just go up and they open. And then he walks in, there's a scream, then the door opens and then we cut away. I'm like horror, I guess. Oh my god, what happened to Sam? Oh my god, what Then we go. <laughs> then we cut to people riding rides. Yes, we have people riding rides. And then we see Melissa is chilling at the cafeteria waiting for him as Christine 16 by Kiss plays over the radio and nothing happens for a while. Yeah. Here's the thing. I just remember um yeah, I just remember the fucking Deborah was talking to the manager and just the manager's Deborah. like, you know, it's like, oh, can I get you cash for my inventions? No, we needed to to use the park. Also, your inventions like to break all the time. <laughs> what are you talking about? I need this. I'm about to have a very scientific breakthrough. You can't do this to me. Cut my budget. How could you? And then I we wish see Chopper. I wish that's how he talked in the movie. I don't know. How, I can't remember how he fucking talked. But either way, we see the guy Chopper. And his uh, and his uh, friendly goons harass a gorilla animatronic, and Devereaux rolls up. I wrote here he sexually humps the mechanical gorilla. He's like, "Oh, look at me! I'm a hump a gorilla." So, so Albert's like, "Hey, stop fucking my gorilla!" <laughs> he just uh, comes he up. He costs thirty thousand dollars. My guy, hey, my guys, you young punks, quit harassing my $30,000 gorilla. You think this is Funky Monkey Friday? Please stop that. I don't need you doing such lewd acts to my gorilla. You know, Except, you know what made me think of? Brass Monkey. That Funky monkey, monkey. monkey. Hell yeah. Brass Funky Hey, it's Funky Monkey, monkey Friday right now as we're tracking this. So Hell yeah. So he's like, hey man, instead of fucking my gorilla, why don't you go to our Chamber of Thrills? What do you mean? I want to be sexual like, with the gorilla. And I'm like, is that like the chambers of Shred? The chamber? Hey, you seem like you're a bunch of brave fellows. Wouldn't you like to go into my chamber of 
thrills. So he gives them tickets to it. Then we cut to a Here, kids. Have some tickets. <laughs> hey man, this is the. I think. Uh, I think. E, I think A through E tickets. Were okay, still around, man. So. Sure, I ain't scared of that. And then I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Here's the thing. One thing I did like about this movie was the the cheesy seventies dialect. No, that was a highlight. It oh, was yeah. bad, but it was a highlight. Oh my! Oh man, I just love this because because when because there's two kinds of cheesy. Okay, there's like when Judas Priest gets on stage and they're like, you know, you're all our heavy metal maniacs. That's good cheese. Then there's cheese where this is so awful that it's great. <laughs> like the room is kind of like that, but then there's sometimes where it's just flat out bad. Oh yeah, see the fucking gorilla getting harassed is like. Then we see Sam get fucking disappear in an automatic sliding door. Yeah. Then we see Melissa as she finds out that well, I found out it's Lover Boy's chick who just disappeared in the fucking door. Sam, as she goes off to find her boo. So then we cut to a kiss costume contest. Yeah, this might surprise you, but nothing fucking happens for a while. Really? Sure. Okay. Except that a gal with a with cat face paint, the judge says she's perfect. Okay, was that there? And I just wrote here, gross. Here's the thing, because after what I after I see uh, Melissa try to find Sam, we're now into the laboratory. As I wrote down, the antagonist Deborah is working on Luke Skywalker's arm. Seriously, he's working on a like the prop he's working on. It looks like it's fucking Luke Skywalker's hand. Raptor has been sliced from fucking uh, what Revenge? Was it not Revenge? Is it Revenge of the Sith? No, it, uh, no, uh, no, no, Luke, no, no. Right? No, it's Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Empire. Yeah, I know. Now I'm getting some Star Wars nerd going. You motherfucker! What the fuck? I met the weird. <laughs> I met the weirdest Star Wars fan today. They thought Attack of the Clones was like the second best movie under New Hope. And did, I said, did he have a good, dis- did, um, that's a, that's the question. I'm like, why? I'm actually curious. Like what I love, makes- I like the prequels, but Tag of the Clones is the worst Star Wars movie. It's probably worse than a couple of the sequels. Yes. <laughs> so like, I don't know. That would have been a, that I would actually, uh, like Phantom Menace. Fuck yeah. Revenge I- of the Sith. Fuck yeah. Clone Wars TV shows. Fuck yeah. Tag of the Clones. <laughs> fucking incel Skywalker. <laughs> Well, either way. So, yeah, she goes to these guards and she's like, this is where I found out the guy's name's Abner. She's Abner she's like, she's like, yeah, my boyfriend works for someone named uh, Abner or whatever. And they're like, my the, boyfriend works for someone named Abner. The two guards are like, oh, yeah, he's usually underneath the watchtower. Yeah. Yeah, then doll. There's a, then there's a pause. Uh-huh. You mean underground? Pause. And there's this one guard who talks like this to the whole movie. Yeah. Way underground. Way underground. And then the octopus ride starts going haywire, I think. Okay. And then I think three, yeah, and then uh, three of the bullies were in there, and uh, they like it was weird. The bullies were like in the control panel with the ride, kind of. I thought the ride was going fucky, but it looked like they were in there. They didn't show us going in there. They just showed us randomly in somewhere pushing buttons. Um, But then Abner sees him. He's like, hey, stop. But then they just run away and he lets them. It's very clunky. Okay. And then Calvin walks up to Devereaux and he's like, uh, what the fuck is this? And Abner's like, oh, I was trying new engines. He's like, Calvin's like, what? What? See me in my office. Okay. <laughs> so girlfriend tries to go to the lab and then she's allowed in the elevator. Oh, yeah. Also, Devereaux's there, too. He's yeah. Like, we just got like dudes going back and forth. I'm like tripping out because you're saying stuff I can't remember. I don't have my No, notes. that's how the movie's cut. Yeah, well, either way, now it's the lab. We see Luke Skywalker's arm, and then we see Melissa in the lab, and we see an android. And I wrote down, damn, dude, is homeboy Dr. Jarreau? 
We have Dr. Jarreau here. Oh, wait, no, it's uh, Dr. Devereaux. I, I am programmed to kill Goku. I am programmed to kill Goku. Hey. Number 15. <laughs> I'm doing a chills voice. Number 15. Number Burger King foot. No, I, I can do chills. Hold on. Um. Number 15, Burger King foot lettuce. The last thing you'd want in your Burger King burger is someone else's foot fungus. So then she goes down the elevator, you guys, and then he just casually tells her, he's like, "You, I see you're a little jumpy. You, That is because you just descended at 150 feet in 2.5 seconds. Uh, that sounds like now she would have broken good, her fucking legs. Now, I'm not good at math, but that doesn't sound right. Yeah, I don't think this doctor is uh, low-key safe. That far, that fast? I figure she'd be walking down the elevator like, you ever see like a Looney Tune or Tom and Jerry get crushed by something? Then when they walk away, they like stretch like an accordion? Uh, I think That her, kind of shit. I think her fucking knees, her fucking kneecaps <laughs> should be uh, fucking pierced through the skin and she's just fucking on the ground in agony <laughs> and pain. Cause I, I don't know how far down to 150 feet is, but I know that going down that fast in two seconds can't feel good. Yeah, well, either way. Way. It doesn't matter because Dr. Deborah was able to create such a device to actually, you know, not fucking blow out your fucking knees. So she's like, hey, have you seen my boyfriend? And he's like, hey, touch my robot. Dude, he literally is just like, <laughs> like, you're not wrong. Like, literally, she goes, hey, have you seen Sam? Here, look at my singing quartet robots. Like, dude, she, like, not even, like, doesn't even skip a beat. Yeah. She asks the question and then just like, Fucking ignores it and just touch shows my it. robot. Here, touch my robot. And then she's like, "Here, sings a tune." And then, she, oh, I'm gonna. and then she's like, "No." And then she asks, "Have you Ew. seen my fiance?" She tells us. She clarifies, "This is her fiance." This is my fiance. He's like, "Hey, look at my head." Wait, there's 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 a robot head on the table. And at this point, I need to mention. So I didn't watch this on your um, Russian film site. Uh, this was this whole movie was randomly posted on Facebook Watch. So I went to the Vimo. I went to a Vimo like site for this mm. one. It was uh because I know the Facebook because Kisses worked really hard to make sure no one sees this. Wait, I know. Well, here's the thing: like the Facebook Watch was definitely fuzzy. The Vimo one was a lot more clear. Oh, that okay. So maybe I should have watched that one because there's oh. when they go to some of the darker scenes. That shit sucks, bro. Oh, dude, I was able to see that shit fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so there was a comment on there. Um, a comment made by Kiss in Japan, the book, uh-huh. who said the best scene was at 1659. That's where we are now. And what happens? That's when the four robot barbers scene. And they thought this was one of the best scenes in the movie. Incorrect. Well, either way. Anyway, he's like, yeah. He Then he starts trying to like gas, not manipulate her and be like how it's like, yeah, your, your man's restless and has a wandering eye. You should move on from him. Your man is restless and has a wandering eye. She's, no, I don't know. I don't believe you. Sam is not like that. Oh, believe me, that is how it is. Now get out of my fucking lab. Yeah, it's literally what happens. She's like, what the fuck? No, that's not who he is. Okay, well, fuck off. Oh, well, either way, toodles. And then right then we see <laughs> Sam. He's been turned into a robot the whole time, oh you guys. Oh my God, dude, Sam's an android now. He's going to kill Goku. Dude, he's been Dr. Gerode. And yeah, he's going to go kill Goku. I saw a tweet on Twitter. Oh, yeah? Someone wrote in all caps, my mom beat cancer. Someone wrote under that, but can she beat Goku? (laughs) (laughs) This fucking guy. Oh, 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 oh,
Oh, oh. Dude, dude, it's like Deborah right now. I was reading a beat showing off his fucking shitty ass robots. I was getting caught up in the super manga, and I remember the part where Piccolo's talking to Goku about how, oh, dude, Vegeta's fighting like he's trying to atone for the past, you know? He's like, I think he's beating you this time, Goku. And then Goku's like, don't worry, I'll pass him up again one day. And I'm like, that's the entire Dragon Ball manga. <laughs> that's been the entire Dragon Ball manga since Boo. Yep. Okay, so then we see the delinquents go over to the Chamber of Thrills. And this is where I point out, it's too fucking dark. Oh, yeah, I was able to see things fine. Well, either way. Then from the control room, Abner makes Chopper uh, fall through a trap door. Yeah, he's the first one to be abducted. Then the two then the two left, the guy and a gal, they're wandering through the chamber, and they're going like, where's Chopper? Where's Chopper? So they're walking around. Abner's watching them. Nothing notable happens for a long time. Until finally one dude gets yanked into a sarcophagus. Then the chick walks around for a while until she gets pulled into the same sarcophagus. No, she got pulled into the Iron Maiden. Oh, was it actually the Iron Maiden? It was like an Iron Maiden, yeah. It's fucking metal, dude. Well, it's not the Iron Maiden. Well, (laughs) she didn't get pulled into uh, Bruce Dickinson. (laughs) Oh, bro, the Iron Maiden. (laughs) I think he was in the band in 77, Oh, Madama straight vomited. Uh, who? Bruce Dickinson, he was in the band at this no, point. No, I thought he. Right? No, no, I thought he got in there around like. Uh, well, here's when did Number of the Beast come out? Was that? I th- wait, that was like eighty one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I think he might have been in the band around eighty. Oh shit, yeah, it's still or it's still original singer. Yeah, dude, Iron Maiden. Dude. I accidentally pissed off Thomas once because I'm like, hey, who was Iron Maiden's original singer? Blaze Bailey, and Thomas looked at me so offended because <laughs> I didn't remember the fucker's name. Yeah, I was like, you give a fuck about Iron Maiden? <laughs> I like their first two albums. They feel thrashy. Sure. So now they're walking. Uh, so um. Th- so yeah, that happens. Next day, Abner and Calvin are driving to the big stage that they're erecting for Kiss. Yep. The owner is like, "Hey, boss. Hey, boss. I gotta let you go, boss. Things have changed. You've changed. They have the spat. What, and- what do you mean? <laughs> and then You're letting Ab- me go? Yeah. yeah. And Abner's like, "Bro, I need money to fix the park. You won't give me money." And, and Calvin- here's the thing, my guy. You're filthy rich. You made. You're a fucking millionaire from this gig. Yeah. Go travel the world or something. You're a rude today. You're a rude today. I tell you what. Dude, the voice is killed my throat, go. And I'm bas- and basically the conversation devolves into a paraphrasing. Abner's like, you're ruining the park with your rock and roll. And then Cal's like, I'm sorry it has to be this way. I'm doing what I have to do. And I can't believe I wrote this, but in all caps I wrote here, oh my God, where the fuck is Kiss? It's been half an hour. I'm begging for Kiss to show up. Wait, fuck. You're, wait, it, is it actually a half an hour? It's before? a half hour at this point. Oh my God. Just really? about. Just about. Oh my god, damn, really? Okay, 20 minutes. The shit was so bad I was asking for kiss. <laughs> Gene, Paul, Ace, Peter, where are you? You know what's funny? They're not here yet, but I might as well say this now. I like how out of everybody, Gene was the most committed to the gimmick. Like when he was standing around and doing stuff, he was like, had his arms out, he was looming. It's like, yeah, I'm the fucking demon. But fucking like Ace and Paul, they just look like they had their hands in their pockets half the time. Well, either way. So, so I- Abner walks away, the owner walks away. Yeah, Deborah gets fired. And while Ab- Abner walks away, the announcer dude's like, come see Kiss tonight. As we Kiss all- tonight. As I said, we get a good minute of uh, Dr. Devereaux just walking around being sad. Abner Devereaux being sad with sad music. Sad 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 rock rock music. Yeah, sad rock music's playing as he's walking around. All by myself. So it's evening now. The crowd is chanting, we want kiss. We want kiss. We want. I'm not going to do that. Sounds fucking annoying. And Abner yells, I will destroy you. That's what he says. He I will destroy all of you. Yeah, just in his life. I will destroy you. I will destroy all of you. 
And then and he points to his robots. He's like, and you will be my instruments. And then we... <laughs> this guy's a fucking villain in License to Kill and fucking <laughs> The Matrix Reloaded. He's in Matrix Reloaded. Oh my and God. Revelations. Dude, the best the- one. No, Revelations is usually considered the worst one. Yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah. Well, you're kind of like the Matrix expert of the two of us. So like, how, how bad is Revelations? It's been a minute since I've watched Revelations. I feel like we could watch it for the podcast. One day. One day. So then suddenly we come from commercial break and when we come back, well, Kiss shows up. Yeah. And I need to recap for you viewers, frame by frame almost. Wait, happens. you got commercial breaks? I didn't get on my video. There's like fades to black and fades in from black. Oh. Yeah. I didn't notice those. I watched it. Uh, I watched it. Uh, I, I had was- a live experience i didn't have a good uh i didn't have a good way to actually pause it so i was kind of just uh typing as fast as i can while watching the movie you know you can so pause I, you know you can pause as you take notes That's um what I not when my phone on this Vimeo. no like how it was on this Vimeo video with my phone vo- my phone placed sideways for the best uh screen possible i could not be able to pause it without Why you watch li- it at home because I had a lot of free time at work and I wanted it to get done and during that time while I was also getting paid on the clock. You're just trying to piss off Dylan. <laughs> Captain Capitalist over oh, there. Oh, he's just come in. He's cousin to the door. I heard you weren't greasing the wheels of the machine, James. Yeah. You were doing your own you were like using your time, your free time at work. So he to said, help we mentioned that on your I'm- podcast. Well, you're getting paid. Who allowed this? So we've mentioned this a I'm few just times on a doctor Abner voice. We've made that joke a few times on the show. Long story short, basically, uh, so James was like, "Oh yeah, I ran an errand while I was on company time before I got back." I'm like, "Okay, that's chill." But Dylan was like, "Oh, dude, did he say disrespectful? I swear, I thought he said something like, dude, that's kind of disrespectful to do that on company time.' That's so disrespectful. You did it on company time. You're like heading back to the office, but you stop by uh, gro- the grocery store real quick to yeah. like, you know, buy your groceries earlier." the day so that you don't have to do it after work yeah because you have a fridge at work you could store that shit in you did that on company time how could you yeah it was how dare like you that. this is the same guy i'm like you know what? i have a feeling like i could charge water bottles two dollars at the show i'm like getting fucking gouged by these motherfuckers you would actually sell people water bottles how could you Damn, Drew, you're just you're like Andrew Ryan. No. Wait, you never played Bioshock. Yeah. Andrew Ryan? I think you're gonna say I was like Andrew Tate. No. <laughs> Fuck. I'm not that terrible. No. So I know you're still a human. Hmm. Andrew Tate feels like he's ascended past our mortal coil. He's on he's uh, on something good. So so here's what happens when Kiss shows up. Fireworks go off, Kiss music plays, and then lightning strikes. And Ace Freely fries through the sky. He shoots lightning, which summons Peter Chris. Peter Chris shoots eye lasers that Paul Stanley, after descending from the sky, walks across. Then he shoots eye lasers. But his lasers are different. His explode to reveal Gene Simmons wearing a cape that has the biggest collar I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, and it's not done. Then Gene breathes fire, and then it like turns on their logo's lights. And then they just start playing Shout It Out Loud. Shout it out. I recognize this one. And this song's not total ass. Hey, I'll give it a song. Si- yeah, I'll give it six out of ten. Maybe a high <laughs> six. <laughs> but music review aside. Shout it. Shout it. So but me- yeah, that's how they show up. And I'm like, 
this is when I was like, you know what? This movie might be better than Sgt. Pepper's. Sgt. Pepper's didn't have this kind of cheese. They were literally flying through space, James. Yes. Gene Simmons canonically actually breathes fire. Yes. Keep in mind, live, he brings out a thing that's already on fire and just spits fire no, up. But in the movie, he No, just, he breathes fire. Yeah, he's he kind of, well, he doesn't have the Godzilla laser beam, but he got he got the fucking fire breath. He breathes fucking fire. Yeah, he, he kind of does that. But music review aside, and then the theatrics, it's just a shot of them performing. Yeah, they just play. They just proceed to rock, as Jake would say. And I just wrote down, hey, finally back to the plot. We see Dr. Deborah and Andrew Sam working on other androids. Yeah, and we see with Chopper and his misfit crew turn into 1776. Oh, no. He, they, That's what I wrote here. They dress like revolutionary patriots. Yep. And then one of them does the ahi gal face. Seriously, one of them does this. He goes like. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he's tinkering with that shit. So we cut back to Kiss, and in the middle of rocking, Peter's drum set starts rising, more fireworks, and I wrote here, this goes on for fucking ever! Hey, we're getting the whole song. We see Ace Freely doing a ripping solo, my my guy. And then I guess that was the whole show, because then Kiss is like, thank you, good night. I'm like, what a rip. They show up and play two songs, and that's the concert? Hell yeah. So either way, they end the show without a hitch. But then we see Sam taking pictures of their faces. And we got Deborah telling in his ear, make sure you get to every angle of their faces. I need this vital detailed data. There's also this girl screaming after them. Gene, Gene. <laughs> Actually, a lot of them were screaming for Gene. <laughs> Why? The tongue, bro. It's the tongue. See, this is what they should have done in Sgt. Pepper's. This felt closer to Beatlemania than when they tried to recreate Beatlemania in, the move, in that movie. Oh, no. So, yeah, Robo, Robo Sam has to take pictures from every angle. Eventually, Melissa shows up, but he's ignoring her because he's a fucking robot. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, Sam, I found you. And then Sam kind of disappears. And then and then the security guard goes up to her. Yeah, and then she's like, you can't get through. But then fucking Gene says, Star Child. And then Paul Stanley uses his uses his magical golden eye. I should point out that everyone in Kiss speaks normally except for Kiss. He has this like You mean Gene? Fuck. Everyone in Kiss speaks normally except for Gene. He has this like delayed vocal effect. He has a delay- like he's speaking from the cosmos. Yeah, he has like a delayed demon vo- vocal effect going. And I thought to myself, you know that with the fire, I'm like, of course, I don't know if he demanded this, but I'm like, of course fucking Gene gets the most production out of anybody. Yeah, but they don't talk about this movie, so... So, now, so yeah, and then so Gene... What are you talking about? So... We're about to see Paul Stanley as he stops the security guard with his laser star eye. Yeah, he uses his magical golden eye to shoot a star at her and the guards. And then Stanley's eye glows. And I guess they're like hypnotized now. So she walks up to them and Gene says, no gratitude. Well, it's more like no no, no, gratitude in any voice. Your mind speaks to us. Paul says his New York accent flowing in the wind. You're looking for someone, but it's... (laughs) I swear, you made him sound extra New York right there. Have you heard him away from the stage? He sounds real. God damn it. God damn it. Fuck. Okay. 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 I'm going to cry. Okay. Can I survive you doing Paul Staley's New York voice on this show? You're looking for someone, but it's not Kiss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You'll not look at someone else. It's a kiss. 
Okay. She's like, yes, my fiance Sam was taking pictures. Security guard walks up and says, there were dozens of photographers. There's no way. Then Paul Stanley holds out his hand to silence him. I'm barely holding it together at this point as I'm watching. And then he just says, he was here. He was here. Then the guard is like, hold on, this is ridiculous. And then Gene roars. I can't. Like a lion. I'm sorry. Well, sorry, I can't because fucking Paul Stanley's New York ass voice just, just killed it. Okay, Paul, Paul, said, Paul says, Sam's still here. Like, yeah, we just fucking saw him script. Yeah. And then Kiss walks away. I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? I don't know. I just wrote down all. Yeah, I just thought it was like, yeah, Paul has a magic eye. He's talking to Sam's girlfriend, affirming, yeah, Sam was here. You're looking for someone, but you're not here for Kiss. <laughs> so Abner fought. I, I just don't kiss her mythic, mystical beings with boring ass music. Now we see Abner fawning over his new softcore Playboy collection of Kiss pictures. Yep. And then the guards from earlier, they're walking. One of the rides comes on, and then it turns off. And then the stoner guard is like, weird. Weird. Let's get some coffee. Yeah. So they're walking around, and then, as God is my witness, Gene Simmons comes crashing through a wall like Godzilla. Oh, my God. I think you jumped forward a little bit. what I miss then? Here's the thing. So after we see the mystical beings known as Kiss uh, affirm Sam's girlfriend that there was, Sam was there, we did see Melissa. She walks out into the parking lot because she's told the park is closed. Go home, doll. And then she's in the parking lot, and she finds Sam's VW Beetle, and she goes, Sam is here, and I fucking know it. Okay? I don't think she said that. And then we see... Android Sam and Dr. Devereaux in a blue room, not a red room, looking and finding over their pictures of Kiss. Yeah, I said that. Oh, Gene. Then we transition with more sad rock music as we transition to Kiss, serenading Melissa with sad rock music as she's chilling in the pool. Wait, that happens way later. What? Yeah. No, here's the thing. But then Sam breaks the door handle and then walks into a room to find a talisman. No, that's way later in the movie. Well, here's the thing. Because you're talking about Android Gene, right? He just pops out. Yeah. Dude, that, that happens ha- way later. That happens way later for me. Dude, the fucking edit of these movies. We did not watch the same movie. Did you? Because the way I watched it was after that, then Demon Gene comes out, and then we go to the next day with Kiss at the Pool. I think your version was fucked up. No, no, no. This was at night. Yeah. No, at night, Android Gene comes up, but then we cut to the next day where Kiss is chilling at no, the no, pool. No, 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 no. So what I have is that it's nighttime. Melissa's getting serenaded by a pool. It's not daytime. It's not with Kiss. No, no, no. I know. I'm saying after Gene attacks, then Kiss is hanging out at a pool, but then security guards come to no, investigate. No, 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 no. That is after Android Gene. Yeah. But, but I'm the talk- shit where they're singing to Melissa, that happens later. Like serenading? Yeah. Where they're singing, I think they're singing Beth or whatever. Dude, what the fuck? Because, dude, this happened with me now was them singing, and then we see Sam breaking in and grabbing the talismans. Yeah, that part happened later. Go. So we see Android Gene. I'm so sorry. He burst through the wall like we did not watch the same movie. You watched this is Maniac Cop all over again, bro. You watched the yeah. We this Maniac Cop all over again. You watched Phantom. You watched Kiss Meets Phantom of the Park. You I watched Phantom Attack. Yeah, the Attack of the Phantoms. That's what I watched. So yeah, then he stalks the the guards. He breathes fire. Then he whoops their asses and destroys a Coca Cola stand. That's Mm -hmm. all I have to say about that. Yeah, dude, he just fucking smashes through. Oh my god, I can tell you the fucking fighting in this movie is terrible. Yeah, yeah, I think it's worse than Samurai Cop. Okay, Samurai Cop's fucking funny though. (laughs) But is it better? 
Okay, you can almost say this is funny, but I wasn't laughing. <laughs> so I get, it wasn't funny then. So there, so yeah, that happened. So next day, everyone who works there is like, bro, what the fuck is going on? Hey, uh, we just saw. Uh, hey, my fucking guys here got the shit kicked out of them by your fucking demon boy. Yeah, so they're like, well, let's go talk to Kiss. So they go to Kiss's hotel. We see the band chilling in full costume in broad daylight, uh, but they're all wearing hoods. Yes, because they can't handle the sun. Well, because they all, and they also because they wouldn't take off their makeup for like eight more years. Yep. We hear, as they walk up to them, we hear Paul, in the most monotone voice you've ever heard, say, Ahoy, mate. The ownership approaches. Ahoy, mate. But then Peter Chris goes full pirate. He goes, I bucko with his steaming crew behind him, and I do mean steaming. Except, also, he, except should, he had a lighter voice. Yeah. Also, I should point out, during at random points during this movie, Ace Freely will just go, ah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> ah. Like, he'll just do that randomly. I don't have any specific ones, but I just know he did. Does he, like, not say of, anything? No, he has lines, but sometimes he'll just randomly, he'll just go, ah. And then, yeah, we just got Peter so, Chris just being weird and silly. Oh, hi, uh, buckaroo. Hey, all buckles. Uh, so then intercut with them interviewing Kiss because I guess the movie didn't have enough fucking going on. Yep. We don't see her go to him, but we cut to uh, Melissa talking to Abner Dibberow. Abner Dibberow. So she's like, so Ab- she's going to Abner. She's um, she's kind of just running around the lab and he's like, here, let me give you a key card. It'll t- get you places. And then this is where we this is where we go. We cut back to Kiss telling security. Like, like, I think Peter's like, like, uh, Paul's like, yeah, like Paul's like, you got the wrong guy. Peter's like, not our demon. He never would. And this is, this is a moment where Ace goes, ah, he just, he just goes, ah, yep. Then Gene shows up, uh, forgot to mention. um, so one of the guys is like, that's him. He almost tore my arm off. And Paul goes highly improbable. Highly improbable. Gene says, and then he no- uses his laser eye at some point. Yeah, it's after like, this. Gene says nothing. Merely takes a seat and growls. Um, the guards are like, "Bro, it was either him or he has a twin." And Peter Chris goes, "But Gene's brother was an only child." <laughs> that was funny. Paul goes. He he says it just like this. He goes, "Easy, Cat Man. They are serious." <laughs> You're making Paul sound worse. <laughs> Easy, cat man. They are serious. <laughs> then Ace chimes in, and they got guns. <laughs> Kiss was the best part of this movie. <laughs> They're really only in it for like maybe half of it. Oh my god! So they all leave and go, and there's a lot of silence. Right? So Calvin's like, "I'm going to talk to the guards." So then this is where Paul shoots lasers, and it enables them the ability to uh, ear hustle. Yes. He, they, Paul Stanley uses his laser eye magic to listen in to the conversation of the park manager and the guards. He says they're sweating. They're sweating. Because they're not the worried about us. Because the security guy wants to launch a full investigation, but Parkman's like, bro, these guys bring cash money. Let them play, then raid their Twitch streams. So the like, owner... And then, yeah, you just got Paul going. He's just sweating. He doesn't really even care about the, about their own well-being. He just wants them off their back. So the owner goes back to talk to Kiss. He says, I know rock and roll gets rowdy, but we just want a good show tonight. And then after they leave, uh, Kiss is basically just like, we got ourselves a mystery on our hands, gang. Yeah, like a fucking Scooby-Doo. 
Gene growls again. He can make a drinking game out of it. Oh, my God. Then Melissa comes along, and she's like, wait, when did she show up? Well, at some point, she goes to talk to Kiss, and she's like, hey, Kiss, can you help me find my boyfriend? Yeah, that's kind of it. There's not Gene, much. Gene growls again, and then Paul says, the demon's hungry. So this is where they take her to a dark, scary room, and yeah, there's four talismans in there. Yeah, talismans, like it's Shaolin Showdown or some oh shit. Oh my god! And she's like, "Oh wow, I've always heard of I've always heard of them, but I never knew they were real." So let me get this straight. I've heard of the talisman of Kiss. <laughs> no, no, I searched extensively through Wikipedia. There was never no. This movie feels like it was made by people who didn't actually know Kiss, but they thought they knew what Kiss was, like the powers and all that shit. The powers. He just like, yeah, because you got Paul Stanley in his uh, thick New York accent just going, yeah, no, we're just normal dudes. Yeah, but the talisman gives us powers. Sorry, I can't do the Paul Stanley So these things are the source of their power. They're like cosmic or some shit. Then Gene walks up to her menacingly, and then he looks at the talismans, but then closes the box. I'm like, okay. Okay. So they show during the scene, she's the key card that Abner gave her. It's actually a radio listening device, you guys. And Abner is listening as he tinkers with his anima- animatronics. Talismans, you say? Is that the secret to your powers? Kiss. <laughs> then we cut back to Kiss fucking rocking, you guys. Oh, is it now the second night of their show? Yeah, where they play two songs. Yeah. Gene does the shit where he spits the fire, and I wrote here, it hurts that ironically, after everything we just said about Kiss Alive, that the best part of the movie is Kiss playing. Yeah, so yeah, back to Kiss playing another show, and I wrote down, hey, the song doesn't suck. Six out of ten, maybe a high six. Once they're done, we're back with Abner. By the way, why is this movie called Phantom of the Park or Attack of the Phantom? It's not a phantom. It's just some dude. And they don't even androids. try to put. They don't even put forward the motion. Oh, dude, this park is haunted. Or like, dude, we have a ghost or a phantom walk around. No, it's just a guy. Yeah. So yeah, back to the plot. We see fucking Doctor Abner in his lab, and Doctor awakens Sam to go. Sam, I need you to go steal the talismans of Kiss. But never mind that part, you guys. We have to show Kiss playing Beth for Melissa. As she walks around very sadly, full of longing, like a knockoff Disney princess. Yeah, dude, yeah. She's like a fucking Disney princess getting serenaded by Kiss. I swear I thought she was going to start singing. So then she just leaves and sits outside. Well, it's not Sgt. Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band. And then Sam finally fans the Kamidogu. Did you ever play Mortal Kombat Deception? No. God damn it. So he tries to touch one of them and then he gets static shocked. Gets static shocked. By the cosmos. Oh my God. Then Sam walks outside, coincidentally, right where Melissa's sitting. And Melissa's going, Oh my God, Sam, I found you. And then she randomly screams. And I had to like look up from typing. I thought she like hugged and kissed him. And then she was just like, Oh my God, that's a Sam. Yeah. She she randomly screams, and I had to, like, look up from typing notes and rewind. Um, No, there's no reason. She she hugs and kisses him. He walks away, and then she starts scramming. Screaming. Yep. Yeah. She's, like, screaming because, oh, my God, that's not my Sam. What happened to my Sam? He doesn't have his loving... He doesn't have his loving warm embrace he gave me a cold fucking lippy kiss and then i got paul stanley coming back in here porque sam no me tiene un beso so they find out the talismans were touched but you see there's a force field around them i think so they're like well fuck that guys let's go get revenge so they fly over the gate and start walking around cap 
Catman says, let's stop pussyfooting around. Hey, let's stop all pussyfooting around. Because he's a cat, James. Yeah. Isn't it funny? No. So they walk around for what feels like an hour. And I'm like, wow. Nice for Kiss to be the center of question, attention. Question, question. When does it point? Please tell me there's a point in your notes that we see Deborah with a laser gun that he uses to deactivate the that person. Happen, that happens in a bit. Okay. I want to make sure. So they walk around for a bit, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, nice for Kiss to be the center of attention of the movie with their name on it when there's yep. like a half hour left. Yep. So now they have to. So then out of nowhere, out come these. What did you call them? They look like monkey werewolf gremlin robots. I just wrote down. Well, here's the thing: we see uh, at some point in the movie, we see Doctor Deborah working on these abominable snowman looking ass head, <laughs> but nothing happens. Then we see uh, Kiss regroups somewhere and they start walking around under the roller coaster, and then we run into some furries and fuck more shitty fighting. And then, then I just wrote down: Kiss knows kung fu, but then, <laughs> except Paul, except Paul Stanley, he just uses his laser eye to destroy the roller coaster. And every time they hit one of the robots sparks fly out of the robots like it's fucking power rangers yeah well except this is before power rangers oh f- the power rangers rip off kiss hell yeah bro so yeah this th- is the creator of everything we love so jeans breathing fire they're knocking heads off paul shoots eyelashes i'm like bro fuck dragon ball these are some of the best fights of all time kiss could beat goku either way now we're in an amphitheater and kiss now fights Karate Masters. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like so they're walking again. Oh yeah, Cat, Catman. Makes, a lot of like, a lot of kisses walking and fighting. So Catman mentions, oh man, we gotta get this done quick. I'm down to my last few lives. <laughs> and then Paul's like, Paul says we have to find Deborah. I'm like, thank you, Paul. <laughs> God damn, we have to find Deborah. Eventually, they're at a stage oh. show, a bright life flashes, and yeah, here come the martial arts animatronics. Yep, and like, I think the less said about this part, the better. Either way, yeah, they're just uh, they're trying to fight. Oh, them. dude, I'm they so- eventually get cornered. I swear to God, I thought at one point they summoned lightsabers. Yeah, I thought I don't know if they did too, but either way, like Kiss gets cornered by these uh, kung fu masters, and then uh, the spaceman Ace Freely just goes. And it fucking explodes and uh, Kiss disappears and teleports somewhere else. Yeah, Ace like threw a spaceman flash bomb or something. That's right. Abner makes Sam go get the talismans and gives him, I guess, a ray gun. So Sam goes and yeah, we gets a ray gun to help uh, go steal the talismans. So we cut to him just going and grabbing the fucking talismans. Mm-hmm. And then he shoots his ray gun at the talismans. And apparently... This late 70s tech is able to dispel the force field, which, if you remember, is powered by the very fucking cosmos. That gives uh, Kiss their powers. Then Kiss gets trapped on an evil merry-go-round. Yep. I'm not kidding. They walk on it, and it starts moving, and they just stand there. They don't even try to leave. They just chill on this merry-go-round. And the the merry-go-round stops, and you got Paul Stanley going, we need to find Deborah. That's how you we have. We need to find Devereaux. <laughs> how do you do it? I can't. I don't know. <laughs> so then, so then, um, back with Sam, who walks past Kiss, they follow him and cross a bridge. Hey, that's Sam. Yeah, they they cross him on a big rickety bridge, and I wrote that must have sucked in those big platform shoes. Oh, dude, did you see fucking Jean's goofy demon face fucking platform boots? 
Either way. So now they're in, I guess they're in the Chamber of Thrills. Yes, they are in the Chamber of Thrills. I can barely tell what's happening because it's so dog goddamn dark. Well, either way. But what I think happens is after they walk around for what feels like two hours. Yeah, dude, they literally are walking and staring for five to ten minutes. And then the, animat- the animatronics attack. And yes, more fucking fighting with Kiss. God damn it. This movie is horrible. Like, literally, Kiss, stick to playing. Stick to performing. Don't do fighting. Ace and Paul, Ace Freely and Paul Stanley are getting beat up by Frankenstein's monster. Yep. As Abner zaps the talismans with a ray gun. He's like doing it one by one so they lose their powers. There's more fighting. These fight scenes are really bad. There's one point where Peter like swings down on a chandelier and he does a crappy Tarzan yell. Yeah. Like literally, they're good. For the record, there is no good Tarzan yell. The only good ones are from like the original 30s movie and the one from the Disney movie. Yep. Either way, so they try to teleport out again with the the spaceman's uh, mystic powers, but they have been weakened because Deborah's, uh, you know, sucked the power out of the fucking talismans. And yeah, they like try to like uh, teleport, but then they just get um, they just teleport right next to the door, and then they get sucked up through the ceiling. And now they're trapped by Dr. Devereaux. Really quick before that, there's a point during the fight where Gene is getting strangled. He felt the, he felt the need to keep sticking his tongue out during the fight. Like, he's getting strangled. He's just going, hey, he's the, he, hey, he's still, hey, he still has to woo the ladies. So then, yeah, after Paul transports the, him out of there. The hustle never stops. And then it's always got to make sure that you're wooing the ladies. Did Kiss drugs, invent Andrew Tate? Drugs are good. No, drugs are great. Do you believe that load of crap? Don't do drugs. Sorry, that's my only Gene impression. And then, uh, and then Paul, no, no, the he he's like, it's like drugs all stupid, or something. Drugs After Paul are transports stupid. them out of there, Ace Freely says, "Well, so much for my solo." <laughs> so Kiss gets sucked in the vents now, and then we see the crowds demanding Kiss. Also, it's we also, want Kiss. So like, it's we randomly evening now. Like, yeah, it just- was night, but now it's the next day in the evening. So Kiss are being held prisoner. We see robot versions of themselves walk by them. Abner reveals he intends for them to take their place on stage and that Armageddon is coming to this park. And Armageddon is coming to the park. And Peter says, that'll never happen. Besides, Armageddon's a lame group. (laughs) (laughs) That confused me. So I looked into it and yeah, it was a band. It was a super group. Check out this lineup, because honestly, this is more interesting than the movie. Bobby Cadwell, who played on some Johnny Winter records and played on Rick, the homie Rick Derringer's record with Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Okay. He's a drummer. Keith Ralph, who was the singer for Yardbirds. Okay. Martin Pug, I think, from some band called Steam Hammer. And Louis Cinemo, who had a band that who had a band at one point that was good enough to open for the Stones and then later Chuck Berry. Um, he was in Peter Frampton's old band and then joined a band that Keith Ralph started called Renaissance. So they only were around for one album. And I listened to it, actually, because I had time. And you know what? Um, Kiss is full of shit. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's not for everyone. It's 70s prog rock. It's eight songs in 41 minutes. Hey, yeah, no, but Armored Cannon, man. You, yeah, they kinda- Musically, it's way better than Kiss. Like his musicianship. Well, that's not hard, but I don't know. Was Kiss the better songwriters in this situation? Uh, if you mean the fact that they made more money, yes. Yeah, sure. But, so Abner is like, you can't stop me now, Kiss. <laughs> you cannot stop me now, Kiss. Okay, I shall bring Master Youth, and I will use fake Kiss, and they will bring Armageddon to the park. Then he turns Armageddon's on. Armageddon's a bad band. <laughs> what the fuck did Peter They said, Armageddon's a lame band. <laughs> they all laugh. <laughs> Uh, Peter Chris and the Zingers. 
so then and then he turns on a screen and he goes gentlemen enjoy yourselves get it because robot versions of them Get it? But either way, so it's now like the showtime, and yeah. we see fake kiss roll up in the shittiest looking RV. <laughs> and then when we see Melissa coming, like, oh my god, guys, I don't know where you've been. Wait a minute. She can tell shenanigans. That's not kiss. And the guard throughout the whole movie Sneed, I guess he's a robot now, too. So the kiss bots play, and the song sucks. What would you rate it? Is it hot or not? Oh no, it's like a five out of ten. People are booing them, and that's hilarious. Yeah, the song's called Rip and Destroy. Like, I wrote down, like, oh, hey, we have an actual honest reaction to a Kiss performance. <laughs> Kiss but- is like, I'll bend these bars with my mind. They're, they're not even, like, real, like, hand bars on the cell. They're, like, electro, like, power bars or whatever. Dude, electro laser bars. But either way, now <laughs> Kiss uses the fucking force to get their talismans back. Yeah, Ace is like, I'll use my mind. And Gene says, not, not your mind. And then Paul says, our mind. Your Paul voice just makes it it's like. So they stare really intently at okay, the towel. Before we give it to Talisman, I have a question. Can you say seashores by the seashores in a Paul Stanley voice? Um, she sells seashells down by the seashore. Let me do it in the stage voice. She sells seashells down by the seashore. Yeah, y'all. Yeah, I think uh, we could just stick to the random Paul Stanley one-liners that make me laugh. Yeah. I thought that would be funny, but then you just end up going, you're looking for someone, but it's not Kiss. <laughs> so, yeah, they focus really intently on the talisman box. And I forgot to mention, Abner's idea is the Kiss band AI is going to suck so hard or manipulate them, whatever, that the people will riot and destroy the park in a rage. So Paul and them move the talisman box with, I wrote their minds, but I guess it's the fucking force, you guys. I don't know. It's basically the force, dude. This is like, the scene's no different than fucking Luke Skywalker being hanged above in the fucking, uh, you know, like in uh, the Empire talking, Strikes. Yeah, Empire yeah, Strikes yeah. Back. I don't, I don't remember the fucking abominable creature, but yeah, he's like hanged up. He's like stuck in the ice, but he uses the force to like, get the lightsaber. Get his lightsaber, yeah. Yeah, to cut him down and then uh, slice the fucking creature. So then... And I'm not kidding. We cut to commercial after they get the talismans. And then once we come back, Kiss just flies in from the heavens and they fight their robot doubles. They're throwing kicks. They're doing flips. I tried. I really tried like, to take thing, notes like, for the, these like, Here's the thing. Like the crowd's restless. They're about to riot because Kiss has been playing a song called Rip and Destroy. And the crowd's going, yeah, rip and destroy, rip and destroy. And they're ready to take down the park. But then, yeah, as you said, Kiss has got their powers back from the talisman box and they fly in, and then we see a huge fight with Kiss, and I'm like, okay, if that actually happened at a Kiss <laughs> show, that might be actually kind of sick. Like musically, they still suck, all, but all the I'm all, like, at that point, like, how can you actually hate someone doing this much level of crazy shit? I, I watched. It's this, like, bro, it's Kiss fighting Kiss. I watched this, and I'm like, oh god, I'm like all these crappy kicks and all these and all these bad flips. I'm like, eh, what is this? Um, uh, AEW? <laughs> <laughs> One of them AEW? old head wrestlers. Yeah, but yeah, so they beat. So Kiss beats. So Kiss beats Kiss. Fake Kiss. And then they save the day and they play rock and roll all night and yeah. party every day. Oh fuck! All right, what's the last song you think they're gonna play on the fucking show, like movie? Oh, that one. You got the national anthem. Oh, then this. afterwards, we cut to Melissa screaming at Abner to release her boyfriend. 
And it, Give me Sam back! And I'm like, I guess he's dead because he doesn't respond. But then they turn him around and, I don't know, he turned himself into a robot or a mannequin? No, no, because, like, no, Sam's got this little capacitor stuck to his neck. It's kind of like, you know, fucking Doc Ock and uh, Spider-Man, Sam Raimi no, Spider-Man No, yeah, too. no, there's that part. Yeah, uh, the robots had electric things on their necks and then I think Paul just takes it off and he's fine Yeah, now. he uses his laser eye to take it off. He breaks the capacitor, Sam's normal again. And then they, like, turn the doctor around and he's all, like, all his hair is just now gray and he's just kind of stiff and he looks like he got cursed because he tried to fuck with Kiss. And then and then to close out the movie, Calvin says he tried he tried to create Kiss to destroy Kiss and he lost. Roll credits. Thank God, the movie's uh, over. Um So I don't know how to put this. How did you put this? This movie kind of sucked. But is it better than is it worse than Sergeant Pepper's? I feel like that's a yes and no. <laughs> Cuz on one hand, it's clearly worse production-wise. They're kind of different movies, though. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest. They're kind of different movies. Kiss wasn't trying to, like, you know, try to become the next Beatles. Or, like, say they were. Say they were going to replace the Beatles? Yeah, like, yeah. They weren't going around trying to say they were going to replace the Beatles, which uh, that didn't uh, pan out for the Bee Gees, but whatever. Hey, Dave Grohl. I don't know. Who's better actors? The fucking Bee Gees and Frampton or fucking Kiss? Okay. We didn't hear any of them talk. True. We didn't you hear- You remember when Strawberry died and the Bee Gees were acting sad? Bro, I literally was about to use that as a screenshot. <laughs> they weren't acting sad. They were literally going, hey, bro, you good over there? Fucking come on. You okay? Hey, uh, you okay? You good? You doing good? This one, there was actual acting. <laughs> well. Well, acting. Yeah, acting. But literally, this was Peter Chris and Ace Freely saying funny shit every now and then. And you had Paul taking it super seriously. <laughs> And he had Gene just looming around as the team. Yeah, Gene wasn't doing shit. And yeah, you just have Paul being the straight guy with his fucking heavy New York accent. We have to find Devereaux. We have to find Devereaux, guys. All right. Well, listeners, all I can say is next one is the big 100. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, listeners, we got a big, fat show. Oh, it's going to be huge. It might be a three-hour show, to be honest. It might be five. Okay. No, it might be. It'll be three for sure. It's definitely going to be two and a half. Yeah. That's definitely what I'm mean, promoting. It might take a couple weeks. Sorry, Deanne. It <laughs> might take a couple weeks for us to give it to it and actually record. It's going to take us a minute. Yeah. We got a lot coming in. Maybe, and I mean maybe, we might bring some good friends in onto the show. Yeah, maybe. We have to see. We got some demands uh, from a good friend, Bone Steel. Yeah. Who's like already going, okay, guys, yeah, I'll be on your 100th show. And like we I'll, never asked. I'm like, we didn't really ask. We could. I don't know what much you could contribute other than a live hot or not. Yeah. Who knows? But we'll see. Oof. We're going to keep it a surprise till then. We can keep it a surprise. But I'll give it one hint. We're throwing it back. I'll give a hint too. Closing the chapter. Closing the chapter. Closing th- the book. We're throwing, the- throwing it back. <laughs> We're giving it to you one more time. All right, listeners, this is the Triple D Radio Show with your host, James and Edward. Hope you all have a good one. Adios. Adios.